Northerner from Huddersfield. A Londoner from London. <laughs> That's chuffing obvious. I'm Nat Richard. And I'm David Baker. And welcome to our sophisticated, civilised, refined... <laughs> Come off it. We're just two Brits in Oz. Having a laugh. Talking all things UK news. This is Aussie Pomcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Aussie Pomcast. Nat is still swanning it uh, in England and in, and in Benidorm, the paradise city that is Benidorm. So I'm again joined, luckily, by the Jay Hanna. <laughs> thank you very much, the Jay Hanna, for joining us again. Um, what's going on? How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And um, obviously, as I said, Nat's not here, but uh, you've been you've been no. keeping a bit of an eye on her, haven't you? Yes, I was keeping my eyes on her Instagram to see what she's up to, and it looks like she is um, getting lashed by rain in unsunny Benidorm at the moment. Good. <laughs> I, I can't help but feel a little bit happy about that, to be honest. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know. Uh, you, that's kind of the only reason you'd go to Benidorm, isn't it? Just for a little bit of nice sunshine. She's also been going to bars and watching a lot of impersonators, which, you know, whatever floats your boat, but I, it's not really my cup of tea. I know, given, <laughs> given her love of Eurovision, that <laughs> yeah. seems right up her alley, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see the weather's not good there. That did make me <laughs> chuckle and make me feel a bit better. Um, and it's not good in the UK either. So yeah, we'll get on with it and we'll go straight into that because I don't know if you've seen, but the UK is, um, it was actually 20 degrees last week in some parts of the UK, which I thought yes, was pretty remarkable. Yeah. That's yep. tops off weather for, for most people in England. Mm-hmm. And so, but but next week, that's coming to a very abrupt end and it's going to go down to, in some places, down to minus five degrees. Yes, rather chilly. Um, but we have to remember it is March, you know, it's March in the UK. It's nearly April. Yeah, nearly April. But, you know, <laughs> you're still going to get these hot days and cold days. Like, our March can be hot as can be and then cooler days too. But, um you know, I remember the last time I went to the UK in 2018, it was April, and my son nearly died of frostbite on the streets of Glasgow. Oh, <laughs> he okay. couldn't cope with the cold. He just had never known anything like it um, and stood there and, like, stomped his feet in his thick jacket and said, um, I just don't want to be cold anymore. I can't <laughs> deal with it. Um, so, you know, I feel his pain. But, yeah, uh, particularly cold, even colder in Scotland, of course. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I just struggle with that heat, with that cold these days. I just can't cannot deal with it. I think you're... Something happens to your blood when you move out here, and it's just impossible to handle that cold. I th- yeah, and I think we completely forget that when you're here and it kind of get down to single figures, maybe overnight or whatever, and you're absolutely mm. freezing, mm. and you think mm. we remember what it's like. It's yes. just it's just like that, and, yeah. it re- and then you go back and you it's wear forty five like items of clothing, and you remember it's ex- <laughs> it's the opposite of that. It's yeah, it's nowhere near like that. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you said, in Scotland, probably twenty degrees colder than anywhere else. Yes, right, so. yes, they're made of stirring stuff in Scotland, though, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, Obviously, they're heading into summer, and hopefully, it's getting a little mm-hmm. bit um, warmer when it when we get a bit closer to that for them. But mm-hmm. um, one of the things that will be happening in summer, I saw, and this is obviously a weather-related thing, but mm-hmm. paramedics in the Lake District mm-hmm. are going to start using jetpacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the most futuristic thing I've heard. But it's, then it's, it's reality now. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you've seen. Um, footage of the Royal Marines using this technology on YouTube. Um, so they've been using it for a little while, I think um, earlier this year. It's like something out of Iron Man. It's super cool. Um, you know, imagine if you had lived in Currumbine or a Safety Bay and you could use one of these things to, like, scoot up or down the freeway. It would save you <laughs> a lot of time. I'm, I'm all for this technology. I think it's very cool. Uh, yeah, and I mean, obviously, the 
realistically what it's actually doing and this is pretty remarkable but obviously lake district pretty difficult place to navigate for paramedics mm -hmm. and so what it's actually going to do is for something that typically takes a 30 minute walk to kind of hike up and to get to someone that's obviously fallen over or hurt themselves mm. it's going to take them 90 seconds mm. it's pretty remarkable really incredible. i mean incredible. that you know that is going to save people's lives so yeah game changer great for investment sure. yeah and so that's mm. pretty interesting thing and you know actually would have been around a couple of years earlier had it not been for covid yeah silly, yeah. silly covid it's ruined, oh. ruined lots of things spanner and all the works i know yeah <laughs> I, I never thought i'd be saying that pandemic that spoiled the jetpack <laughs> era it's the first Indeed. time for anything Indeed. um but uh, another thing that does need rescuing at the mm. moment um roman abramovich mm. so i i know that i know that football isn't necessarily your it's favorite topic <laughs> but i'm sure you keep bringing it up nonetheless I, I know and just because you're on i've never spoken to that about it <laughs> no but um roman abramovich this is actually this mm. is actually not football related but obviously mm. roman Abramovich, who is known for owning chelsea so that's mm -hmm. obviously the yep. sporting link yeah but he um uh, obviously, it's very complicated, but basically his links, his supposed links to Putin had mm -hmm. come into question. He's been sanctioned. All of that's obviously implicated Chelsea. But in the meantime, he's kind of tried to distance himself from Putin mm -hmm. and he's tried to show that he's actually a really nice guy. Mm -hmm. And so he's actually gone in and tried to help with peace negotiations between Ukraine and Russia. Mm -hmm. But now, remarkably, there's been reports that he has suffered poisoning. Mm. Uh, and uh, strangely, though, like, so... It, it's it's all come from um, Bellingcat, which is this kind of investigative yep. journalist hub yep. that kind of collaborates with different media outlets across the world and, and kind of comes up with these really in-depth kind of hard-to-reach stories. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, yes, that he's he was suffering severe pain to his eyes mm. and it, him and a couple of other Ukrainian ambassadors or, you know, people that were yeah. sent to the police, uh, to the talks have, have all suffered these symptoms. Mm. And then remarkably, he's just come out and said, no, that's not happened. And US officials are now saying it was an environmental. environmental. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm. I don't know what environment makes you have severe pain eye. Well, they have been bombing a lot, right? So who knows what they've bombed? Debris. Yeah. Or, um, you know, chemical weapons may yeah. have been deployed. Who knows? Do you think this could possibly be um, uh, like a, a well-orchestrated plan by Liverpool or Man United? Oh, wow. Okay, I wasn't <laughs> expecting you to say like, that. Does, no. the, does the world of football get that cutthroat? I'm not quite sure. I mean, that's, that's pretty cutthroat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, wow. Um, I, I think it, what it showed to me, though, is just all the complications around reporting from, from a journal, as, yeah. as, as journalists speaking from that perspective, of what is true what yeah. isn't true yeah what is in some people's interest to say and isn't to say mm -hmm. and so yeah I, I find that all quite fascinating it is very interesting why would he be denying and keeping quiet he's there's reports he couldn't see for um a few hours or possibly longer and had skin peeling off his hands and face doesn't sound very pleasant um I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but um, yeah, getting the truth out of an environment like that where everyone's being so cagey is, you know, it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if, if that wasn't enough going on for him with all that going on, obviously mm. he's got the whole sale of Chelsea going mm -hmm. on like, the other side of the, of the, of the mm -hmm. not of the world, of Europe, basically. Mm. But um, so to keep you in the loop, Jay, <laughs> the Jay. Um, yeah, what's happening there is basically the, the, all the bidders that have come in so it's only going to cost them three billion to buy yeah, up Chelsea. Right, just only. a casual just three change. billion. Yeah, yeah, pounds mm. that is as well. Just in case yeah, you thought okay. I've got three wow. billion dollars, you don't have three <laughs> billion pounds. Do. Um, so yeah, they they've been set that target, but they've also got to. I think they've got to have sort of a billion extra that they're willing to commit mm. to the club over the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, so there's four. It's been whittled down to four. Mm. Um, four bidders. 
And so now they've got a deadline of April the 11th. Yeah. So, you know, just your casual two weeks to drum up four billion. Unbelievable. I know. But yeah. What so else could be done with this money? Uh, you know? We're just Almost talking about anything. Ukraine. Yeah, four, yeah, exactly. $4 billion. So $3 billion to buy, a billion to invest. Um, you know, I rest my case about football, really. To, to, <laughs> to be fair, and maybe, maybe this is what led to the poisoning, um, but Roman Abramovich has said that any money he makes above what he's already invested in the club, so yeah. about half of that, yeah. will go to victims of the war. Right, okay. Ukrainian victims of the war right, as well, okay. I might add. So, mm. He's m- obviously in a bit of damage control though, uh, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A billion dollars worth. <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot going on there. Stuff to unpick yeah. for, for probably someone more intelligent than me. Mm. Um, but anyway. And someone who knows a lot more about football than me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but keeping on the Chelsea thing, because mm. they, they've one of their players has also been in the news this week, mm. and one of the weirdest stories ever. Stuff mm. like this just drives me mad, and I can't understand why it even happens. But one of the, one of their English international fullbacks, his name's mm. Ben Chilwell. Mm-hmm. He's um, he's actually injured at the moment, so he's he's been out in America. And and what do you do when you go to America? Obviously, you go and play tug of war with a uh, with a mm. tiger. I think he's been watching too much Tiger King. To it's be honest, the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> like, who thought that was a good idea? And yeah. is he on his own? Is he like is someone else going? Yeah, we should do that. That's a great idea. Yeah, just... look, I've got to say. Part of my reason that I dislike football is my dislike of footballers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's not covering himself in glory with this one at all. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say footballers are dumb, but if the shoe fits, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the interesting thing is this comes off uh, the back of a couple of weeks ago, another ex-Chelsea player, but he plays for West Ham now, a guy called Kurt Zuma. Yeah. He, he videoed himself kicking a cat. I saw that. Oh, yeah, that, God. I mean, that's kind of next level. I feel like playing tug of war with a tiger, not cool, kicking a cat, um, you know, should be charged in my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. But even so, on the back of that... Mm. To then go and do that mm. seems like a, mm-hmm. like even stupider. Yeah, you, well, you know, they're not known for their brains, are they? They're not getting paid millions of dollars for their what's between their ears. I know. But one one thing probably that we probably, I assume we both agree on, mm. that is irrespective of how stupid he is or the people mm. around him that are making those decisions, why on earth is there a park where you can go and play tennis? Oh, yeah, Tiger? well, exactly. It's Florida, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, well, no, that's, that's made me angry. Yeah. Um, but, you know... Whilst we're on kind of mm. people making a bit of a fool of themselves and everybody yes. talking about it, yes. the Oscars. Mm, the Oscars indeed. was all Yeah, but a slap and tickle. Ma- well, <laughs> <laughs> without the tickle. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I mean, I, you know, obviously, you're a, as an entertainment journalist, this mm. must have been probably the biggest day of your career for a while, I would have thought. I mean, absolutely mad. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think for so long people were thinking it was a skit, right? I don't think... Everyone was just in shock. Was that meant to happen? Was that planned? What's going on? I think when he got back to his seat and started yelling profanities, everyone kind of quickly realised, no, this is not um, This is not a joke. This is not part of the skit. Um, yeah, pretty crazy. I don't know where things go from here, mm. whether he'll be stripped of the Oscar, whether it will damage his career. I think that time will tell about that one. Yeah. And look, obviously, there's lots that we could talk about. Toxic mm. masculinity mm-hmm, and misogyny indeed. and yep. hair ailments and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But we'll leave that to someone else. Yeah. But what? But given that this is a UK yep. themed podcast, what we can talk about is Ricky Gervais, Ricky who's Gervais. obviously, you know, done a lot of these kind of ceremonies before. Yep. Never actually done the Oscars. And I think he's he's 
openly said he's never done the Oscars because they would actually want to vet all of his They'd jokes. censor him too much, that's right. And I think so, he did the Golden Globes, right? Yeah, so he's done and, that a couple of times. And a lot of people have said he's the best host ever, and I'm kind of inclined to agree. He's 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 He does it very well. Um, but he's raising issue with the fact that, um, aside from the slap, he's not weighed in on that, but the, the goodie bags that got handed out to, um, to the nominees and others that were in attendance, part of that was plot of land in Scotland. Yeah, I know. So some of these nominees were being um, gifted a plot of land and being made Lord or Lady of Glencoe. Come on, seriously. I know, exactly. (laughs) And the problem for me is that when you say goodie bag, I think the thing that my kid now gets at his one-year-old birthday parties, which has got three stickers and one piece of chocolate in it, (laughs) which he can't have. Yes. But these goodie bags were valued at $140,000. That's right, yeah. And so $25,000 building company voucher, $15,000 luxury resort stay, $12,000 worth of arm sculpting. Yeah, procedures which, <laughs> and ten thousand dollars towards Botox, which yeah. probably would only cover you for a couple of weeks. I, I would know. say, you know. But also, what has such weird like company product placement, isn't it? Where you go, yeah. I, I give you ten grand for each of your customers because, because they'll come back and keep getting Botox. Yeah, around. all of yeah. it's just madness. It is ins- absolute madness. You know, there's. Um, I think Ricky's point was, you know. Um, there's a lot of people around the world facing hardship and unemployment. He is a champion for the, you know, the working class. Mm. And he said, you know, most people would not be getting earning, even if they were working, they wouldn't be earning a salary that would compare to the $140,000 worth of goodies that these celebrities just got handed to them. Yeah, exactly. And um, obviously made a joke about it and compared, obviously, the thing that has been striking a chord for many years with the Oscars is its issue with diversity and obviously he said it's great to see they get the diversity right the only people that they're actually missing out is anybody that's poor yeah so yeah I mean it's a it's a pretty fair joke to be you know what he he lands his punches I think it's very timely comment and I think the world is starting to question everything that's happening in Mm. terms of the cult of celebrity so you know I think there's more changes on the way for sure I I mean I think some of his jokes are a, a bit more pushing oh, the edge. I, absolutely. I, I would, absolutely. I'd hate to have seen what someone would have done to him if he had <laughs> made, made a joke at the Oscars. Right, yeah. But, you know, um, Will Smith threw a tanty. We, mm. Let's get past that. I, You know... <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> someone else yeah. someone else that we're more than well used to throwing a tanty or two. Mm, uh, a, a, a tanty or two. And um, a former footballer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and the sweariest man on earth. Yes, indeed. Gordon Ramsay, mm. he, he's been in the news this week because... Yeah. He, he's had a ban for, I think, since 2006. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how long he's, he's, he's not had that for, but he had a ban from 2006 at one of his most prestigious r- restaurants in Chelsea mm. that no one was allowed to have phones at the table of his restaurant, right? Yeah. I, great idea, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but now he's, he's <laughs> reneged on that because he's saying it's, it's the best opportunity to get instant reviews from... Obviously well, Instagram. this is it, isn't it? You know, every every diner is potentially a critic, and you know, food photographer and food stylist all rolled into one. Um, I guess it's got to the stage where he realizes that you know to market himself in the ever changing world, he's got to allow this. And um, you know, I'm sure every unhappily married couple that goes to his restaurant will be thrilled because they can sit and look at their phones and ignore each other. All <laughs> <time>. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, you know, I, I'm probably going to sound a thousand years old. And yeah. I'm conscious of that when I say this. <laughs> but I, just the whole taking pictures of your meal, just mm. I just don't, I really don't understand it. Yeah. I don't, I'm sorry. I know, that, again. Look, I have done it in the past. So I'm not going to say, you know, those in the that live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones but um yeah you know i don't know what uh, you know what can he do i guess i think he has to be aware that this is the way the world's going mm. and if he wants people to come to his restaurant it's probably another way of marketing it that he has to on, has to get on board with but I, but I was speaking to someone that actually works in the hospitality industry and mm-hmm. they were talking about this and they said that someone once legitimately ordered a meal mm-hmm. and they put the sauce on the meal and they they sent it back because they wanted to film themselves pour. Oh my god! That's wow. one of the most ridiculous wow. things I've ever. <laughs> Imagine having to cook a meal twice because yeah, someone yeah. wanted to film oh, the bit that they did. They have nothing to do with it. Yeah, they didn't yeah. make it. What are you doing? Maybe it was like a molten chocolate cake, and you wanted the theatre. But um, yeah, that's. Uh, Bit rich, right? E- Bit rich, literally. Um, but <laughs> boom, boom. Yeah, but even the molten cake, I'm not having that either. <laughs> just, just eat it. Just eat it. <laughs> it's food for God's sakes. <laughs> oh dear, but um, you know, he's probably getting lots more reviews as a result of it. Everybody's a reviewer, so he's getting, he's getting a bit of publicity. Mm. Um, but you know, publicity isn't always good, mm. as we would have seen with the Royals this mm. week. Mm-hmm. One of the most controversial tours I can ever remember. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Kate and Wheels. Obviously, we spoke last week about. Um, her obviously wanting to be pre- desperately pregnant because she's dancing. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so, you know, that all got off to a bit of a bad start in Belize yeah. because of the whole controversy about indigenous land rights and stuff like that and his his charity. Yeah. Um, and then it just seemed to get worse and worse, really. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've seen some of the pictures, but they're, n- mm. they're not portraying of a good... They're not, they don't portray a good light, really. There's one yeah. where in Kingston, no, Trenchtown in Jamaica, mm. Mm. where some of the children are just behind like a mesh fence, mm. like stretching their hands through. As yeah, if, I saw that. Um, you know, I think Kate and Wills have kind of handled themselves as best they could. Yeah. It's a tricky situation. Um, and, you know, she. I think she's covered herself in glory. Like, she's just been so poised and dignified, mm. never looked better. Like, they've done the best that they could. And I... You know, to their credit, I think Wills has come out and made this statement um, saying that he suspects things will change and he doesn't mind one day if the Commonwealth is headed by a non-royal. You know, these are big proclamations from him, mm. um, you know, and there's also reports that, you know, the, the Queen's way of handling things will be will change enormously. I think we all know that once Charles takes to the throne, a lot of things are going to change, and I think even more so when Wills is sitting on that throne. Mm. Um, they've got to move with the times, right? It's, you know, they, they have to accept. It's a changing world, and, you know, to his credit, I think Wills is actually really understanding of that and, you know, has spoken out about how abhorrent he found the slave trade and mm. expressed his sorrow. He, d- he stopped short of apologising completely. But, you know, I think things are going to change very soon and, um, you know, they've got to move with the times. I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, all he can really do is take note of some of that criticism and then come out mm-hmm. and address it, which he did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously their mantra has always been... Was it never explain? Never complain, never, never complain, never explain. Exactly. Yeah. What a stiff mm. upper lip, horrible, horrible. Well, look, it, it goes back to that whole, you know, um, 
you don't ask, we don't tell. The, mm. the, the walls are up. You know, we're an institution that we're above it all. But I think they've realised now, you know, even just with the royal family having Instagram and stuff, mm. they're, they're breaking down those walls. There's a lot more communication. They've been a lot more transparent. And I think that's only going to get more so as, as time rolls on and the monarchy modernises. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see what will happen with that. And obviously, mm. as you said, most interesting in the next few years obviously when mm. there are there are big changes effort um yes. i mean and obviously talking about the royal family and talking about some things coming to an end obviously mm. um prince philip obviously his memorial well as we're recording is mm. later today yes. so obviously we don't we still don't know who's going to be there who's not going to be there mm. with this obviously strong suggestion that prince andrew will be there mm-hmm. and prince harry won't, won't be, be there, there. Yep. we still don't know about the queen we think yes. she hopefully will be she needs to borrow one of those jetpacks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, get her <laughs> there in ninety solutions. seconds. Yeah, I mean, she could probably ask, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> surely she—they'll give them to her. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Harry isn't going. I think yeah. that is probably the topic that's going to drum up the most interest. Um, yeah, and so we'll see what happens with that. And um, we'll probably talk about that next week, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's he's been triggered by a lack of security mm. you mm. might say so mm-hmm. obviously that he can't get his way and have a thousand people look after him as he comes to a memorial yeah. um but you know talking of triggering mm-hmm. there's this thing going on at the moment obviously with trigger warnings again sound a thousand years old when i say it like that <laughs> but one of the things that uh, has been given a trigger warning this week mm-hmm. after i mean there, I, we'd, i'd already seen this one about um works by Keats and Wordsworth and, and yes, people like that they've yeah. been given trigger warnings uh-huh. but this week the Declaration of Independence mm, in the US mm-hmm. has now been given a trigger warning yeah I am interested to hear what you think about this <sighs> I don't oh, it's a tricky one isn't it look I just feel like we can't rewrite history we have to take it for what it is it is a historical document yes um, it will offend some people yes we've moved on but isn't that the whole point in, you know, progress? We can't rewrite what what has happened. Um, and if we deny it, surely that's even more offensive to the people that have been oppressed yeah. and suffered all these years. So I don't know. It's a really hard one. What uh, I guess this is the best way of handling it, really. Um, you've just got to move on and try and, um, and look to the future and say, look, this... Obviously, it was an important historical document, but the the time with in which it was written and compiled, things have changed a lot since then. Yeah, I mean, so a top British historian has said that actually that anyone who doesn't think an 18th mm. century text might be offensive is a moron. Yeah, look, not <sighs> yeah. the most sensible no. way of putting it, but <laughs> um, look, he has a point. Yes, of course, we know if you're going to be delving into history, and you don't have to delve too far, um, you know, we you're going to come across stuff that is offensive. Yeah. Um, I, I think my problem with this, and I think my mm. problem with a lot of the way that some of this is actually talked about and reported on, mm-hmm. is that so this this story, and I won't say who this this particular story was written by, but it opens mm. with this historian saying it's moronic and all this kind of stuff, and mm. you know, uh, you know, it's important that it's there for history. I, no one's debating that it needs to be there for history's sake, yeah. and that it's open for anybody to read at any given time. Yeah. But right down the bottom, when the National Archives is actually given 
given an opportunity to respond. Mm. They say, look, it's basically if someone uses it for a webinar or someone uses mm. it in a presentation mm -hmm. and they don't know the context or the words that are in it, mm -hmm. it's just to let them know up front. Yeah, yeah. I just don't really see why anybody would have a problem, problem with, with that it. being on the yeah, front of it. Yeah, just being flagged, I mean, you know. Yeah. For example, there are trigger warnings at the the beginning of Casablanca now, yeah, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't watch it and yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean that you could like you see that and you go, oh, God. Yeah. Just, just deal with it. Yeah. Who cares? It's not just spoiling anything. Just make your own anything. choices. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah, stuff like that just gets me a little bit riled up. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll tell you what is offensive. Mm. Um, parcel delivery of any sort. <laughs> By anyone, I just I get right. Okay. Well, I mean, I have a specific problem with this at the moment with Australia Post. Right, I, I'm sure I can say that. I don't know, mm. um, but they they have this thing of writing me a card and saying they tried to deliver oh, it. Oh yes, I've had this when happen too. When they clearly tried, didn't, mm -hmm. I, I'd been mm -hmm. in. I've been sat Same. by my door waiting for it. Just <laughs> knock on the. You don't even need to knock on the door. Just look. Maybe that's what put them off. Yeah, I probably, saw yeah, you probably. sitting there. Were you in your underpants <laughs> yeah, or something? Exactly. That's really confronting, Banks. <laughs> I would have just put it in the letterbox too. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I didn't think of it like that. But yeah, I got, that really drives me mad. But yeah. um, I mean, this would probably drive me more more mad worse yeah. are mad mm -hmm. um so m s this week they had to send out an apology because they sent yeah. lots of well I, I, it sounds like a few people but one mm. person in particular combined yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they sent a few people text messages that mm. were meant for other people's deliveries to say that yeah. their parcel was there mm -hmm. they sent one guy over a hundred of deliveries to, none of none of which yeah. were his he wasn't i don't think he was even waiting for a delivery yeah i think i get sometimes four for one package and that annoys me enough but do you know what's even more annoying i find like australia have post have this really annoying habit of choosing like the 10 minutes that i leave house the house to go and pick up my child or a carton of milk or something they tend to always arrive at that moment and it coincides with when my husband is home. And I don't want him to see how much I'm buying online. I want to be home so I can hide it before he gets home. Apologies if you're listening, darling. Um, it, it's like, I don't know what happens. It's Murphy's Law. They, they'll just, they'll turn up. So I actually wouldn't mind getting 100 texts if they were like, we're two minutes away and I would just say, please go and deliver to 148 before coming here because I'm just two minutes from the house and I don't want my husband to see. But, you know, 100 texts... Um, that's a bit excessive, right? So I think they've got a bit of apologising to do, Marks and Spencers. Yeah. But also, you need to learn a lesson about about staying in, right? So <laughs> if you need if you need some milk, just don't go between the hours of eight a.m. and nine p.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that small little window the where window. they're going to deliver. That's right, and my children can you know just sit at school till like, <laughs> till midnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, it's lovely to have you back on again, Jay. Thank, Thank you very you. much for joining us. Um, You're very welcome. Well, Snap Richards is obviously hoping for a bit of better weather she's still <laughs> swanning around next week this is the yes. longest uh, longest holiday ever known to man so <laughs> good for her but um she won't be back next week so you'll be joining me again next week i will indeed yes. excellent well we look forward to having you back and um thank you for your company you're very welcome see you next week see you aussie pomcast is brought to you by the west australian and perth now hosted by natalie richards and david baker our producers are kate ryan and natalie bongiolo you can find other podcasts produced by Seven West Media by searching for The West Australian wherever you get your podcasts. Oh,